This is the fear of science. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the podcast that dives into the wide world of science and science-adjacent topics. Along the way, we make fascinating discoveries and learnings, and we have some laughs as well. My name is Daniel Chai. And I'm Jeff Porter. And today we are continuing our sub-series called Strange Fears. We kind of did a, a, a bunch of bodily uh fears uh for this one so a little bit different we did fear the kind of child fears in the last one with justin and now on this episode we have our friend chris with us yes uh uh, our wonderful animator entertainer uh host and creator of such podcasts as uh, geeks versus nerds and boozing and bonding and also a wonderful trivia host here in vancouver uh everyone say hello to Chris Nairetti. Hello, Yay. Chris Nairetti. Yay. <laughs> it's me. I'm back again. And we're doing this remotely on the internet, which means this time we won't force Daniel Chai to hold a spider. Or, or will we? I brought so many spiders. <laughs> They're just here in my room. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with all these spiders? Oh. Partway through this episode, Daniel's going to get a delivery. And it's going to be a box with a spider inside Dan, it. do not open, open the Amazon package. I swear. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> no, Dan! <laughs> uh, today, we have three fears that are all uh, that are all strange. Uh, perhaps strange to us, but perhaps not to people who have these and uh, uh, are all body related. Now, before we talk about each of our individual fears, uh, I want to check in with the three of you again. Uh, is there, do you have a part of, of bodies that you're kind of like squicked out about or a little like afraid hmm. of yourself? I do actually. I And I didn't even realize it until the other day. Um, we were watching a show and um this show is like a bunch of different clips from other shows that it's called Gogglebox and I'm in love with the show but they they watch um different clips from different TV shows and then the people watching it react to it but one of the the shows um was this guy had a doctor and he had a giant pimple that was like the size of a fist um that they were going to pop on <laughs> the show and I did not realize how squeamish I was about things like that. I couldn't watch it. I just freaked out. I had to leave the room. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not watching this. It's too much. Wow. So I learned that about myself. I, I was going to say no and that all bodies are beautiful, but now you've changed my <laughs> mind. Um, no, I, I, I really, when you, when you said that, I'm like, I don't think I'm squeamish or, or afraid of any part of the body. I, I think, you know. I, 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 you know, I, I, I did my time in theater and, and interacted with, uh, with, with people on a, on a daily basis in, in some weird and awkward situations. <laughs> um, so, but then you mentioned like admor- abnormalities, like pimples or, or abrasions or so. So, and I am a little bit more squeamish of that. Like if there's like a deep cut on somebody or if there's like a tumor or if there's uh, pimples also, I mean, I have them other people have them they're not the funnest to look at i'm not afraid of them but i do kind of have a aversion to them which is yeah i could see that yeah i'm not afraid of pimples themselves i just don't want to see them 
explode. Popped? No, that's just gross. <laughs> I wouldn't be afraid of that too, but I wouldn't want to like, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, do that some more. Yeah. And it's not really a fear. It's more, I'm, I'm grossed out. It just, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't it's a, it's, that. it's a bodily fluid. And I think those yeah. in general are just not. Yeah. Yeah. But some people love watching those, like the pimple, they've got like entire YouTube channels. I mean, there's, to, like, there's people who like pimple. all sort of things. I was, so. was going to say, uh, of course, you know, special shout out to friend of the podcast, Dr. Sandra Lee, AKA Dr. Pimple Popper on YouTube. She's she's a friend of the podcast. Of the I did podcast? not know that. <laughs> um, Dr. Sandra Lee has 6.78 million subscribers on YouTube. What, Jesus. what she, am I doing with my life? Yeah, I yeah. mean, well, let's see. Uh, uh, she has um, she's like 1.5 million subscribers less than Stephen Colbert. But you know, so I'm like, wow. okay, Stephen Colbert, you know, talks about politics and comedy and celebrities, and then we have Pimple Popper and. Like, dude, that is people. People like seeing it, you know. Gentlemen, before we start, uh, let's let each of us introduce our fears, and then we can decide which one of us would like to share theirs first. How about that? Uh, sure. For example, uh, mine today uh, is it is uh, mine is omphalophobia. Omphalophobia. Mm, interesting. Uh, mine is uh, chirophobia. Oh. Uh, and mine, I should have looked up how to pronounce it. It's either pogonophobia or pogonophobia. I'm going to say like pogonophobia because Pogo. that sounds funner. Uh, I, yeah. I had pogonophobia when in elementary school when I lost all those. And games. you had no pogs. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. pogonophobia. I was thinking it was a fear of, um, of corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Has a fear of, of jumping, jumping spring to jumping sticks. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, uh, well, you know what? Perhaps uh, let's Jeff, if you don't mind, would you like to uh, dive sure. in? Sure. Yeah. What do we have? Uh, mine is chirophobia. Um, so actually, it's funny because there's actually two chirophobias. There's a modern version of chirophobia, uh, and when I was researching it, uh, there was tons of stuff that came up on it. But that was not what I was looking for. The modern version of chirophobia is fear of chiropractors. Um, <laughs> but the actual original fear of chirophobia is fear of hands. I feel like, not to diminish people who have fear of hands, but I feel like a fear of chiropractors is much more warranted. They oh, bend your body. They yeah. will break you. Like Ivan Draco in Rocky Four, they will break you. <laughs> Maybe the the people I'd I'd like to imagine that there's just like one group of people that come with the come up with the phobia names, mm -hmm. just like five people sitting in a room. The phobia masters, yes. The phobia masters, yeah. The the generals, okay. um, hmm. they they probably realize that very few people have a fear of hands, and that it's kind of ridiculous. They're like, let's just use it for chiro chiropractors. It's no one much will easier. notice. No one will do a podcast about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fine. Uh, but so uh, chirophobia um, comes from the Greek word chiro, which means what? Hands. Hands. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> this is a shot in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, great research to find that out. Um. It's often linked to the fear of being touched as well. People who have chirophobia usually don't like being touched. 
ten, people tend to be afraid of using their hands. So they don't want to see their hands at all. So they don't use their hands. And that's really all I could find of actual real world examples of how this fear plays out for people. Right. See, I would I would have thought that maybe not your own hands, but other people's hands. Oh. And I and I would totally pinpoint a fear being uh uh Genesis uh the genesis of this fear happening in that helping hand scene in Labyrinth, where Sarah oh. is just being down that pit with all those hands. Yeah. I can see that. There's a lot of pop culture references to to um to hands. Like you you think of Adam's family, you've got cousin it. Thing. No, cousin it. Thing, right. Yeah, yeah. cousin yeah, is the hair right. one. That's my <laughs> yeah. that's, that's gonna be my topic. You, you stay away from hair. <laughs> uh you've got evil dead, you've got an evil hand and oh, yeah. evil dead. Mm-hmm. Uh idle hands. The entire movie is about evil <laughs> it's hands. Kind of on the nose or on the hand with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh Nightmare on Elm Street also had uh evil hands in it as well. Oh, so, it did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's been a lot of evil hands. But I think the idle hands, it's it's that mistrust of your own appendages or your own body mm. that, that your hands do so much that if you don't have any control over them, that would be kind of horrific. Mm. Well, uh, you know, and, and you know, da- uh, veering a little bit into, uh, you know, into perhaps religious aspects, you know, because... Uh, for a long time, uh, you know, being left-handed, uh, you know, was seen as being perhaps like a sign of, you know, being evil, right? Mm, really? uh, not much has changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, because uh, I remember there was even, uh, uh, I'm not uh, too up into the, the myth, uh, into the scripture or the lore. Were you about to say mythology of religion? <laughs> <laughs> and um, your, your colors are showing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be inclusive of everyone um, and try not to let my own bias. Operative, operative word, trying. Yeah, trying. <laughs> very hard. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Christianity would, you know, uh, would say that uh oh you know in old christianity i suppose that being left-handed was like a sign of evil or or um you know uh this uh not being able to be trusted and i think that that maybe you know is a is an example of how uh people can be afraid of their own hands right but that doesn't make any sense because one of the holiest people in the world is left-handed ned flanders (laughs) <laughs> he broke the mold yeah that's right. uh, yeah he he was the example um but you know uh it I, i'm glad that it's no longer like that you know um due to well, the no, I'm, I'm glad any prejudice is kind of overturned <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too yeah yeah we're taking the hard stands on not liking prejudice <laughs> Whoa! I know that's a controversial statement here, but that, that's the that's the kind of uh, you know that's the kind of uh, uh, statement that I'm glad we're able to make. Speaking of controversies, and of one hand, one story that I came across was uh, there was a guy, John John Belmont, an Australian bowler, okay. um, is well known for throwing the ball with both hands. 
And apparently oh, there's no rules against uh, throwing the ball in competitive bowling with both I believe, hands. I believe they use the ageist term granny, uh, granny, granny bowlers. bowlers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he did it with technique. He didn't do like the, like between the leg throwing. <laughs> okay. Now I'm curious. How do you do both hands with technique? So his style, Jason Belmont, his two handed style, he places only two fingers Two what? fingers and no thumb in the ball. What? what? <laughs> so I guess two fingers. He kind of just pokes it and like holds it up like a weird like claw uh, hand. Uh, according, uh, so his two-handed style, which he uses today, placing only two fingers and no thumb in the ball. No thumb in the thumb hole. Okay. To yes. produce more revolutions, I guess he. <laughs> a finger from each hand, right? Yeah. I f- would that not break your fingers? <laughs> He has two very strong index fingers. He's just like super muscly. Jason Belmont seems like he is one of the best bowlers of all time. Maybe we're yeah. all bowling wrong, guys. Yeah. Maybe we're just back to my my story of Jason Belmont here. Yes, it was a great segue, but we need to get back to yes. So Jason Belmont, um, he had a lot of uh, media and people asking why he bowled two handed, um, and he got so sick of it that he made a parody video about him having single singular um, chirophobia. So the reason he bowled with two hands was that he was afraid of only seeing one hand at a time. And the video, it, you should check it out. It's pretty amazing. He talks about how, like, when he was a kid, he had to raise both hands when the, ki- when the teacher asked questions because he was afraid to only see one. Um, and, uh, some people actually took the video seriously. They thought that he actually had this, this rare phobia that he spoke of. It sounds like it could exist. It It sounds like, it sounds, it sounds not outside of the realm of improbability. Well, and a lot of fears come from trauma. So if, if you, if you had a traumatic thing happen with two hands, Maybe you would be afraid of two Or hands. you're one of the uh, uh, characters on Arrested Development who are scarred by that one-armed man who kept teaching you <laughs> lessons. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always leave a note. Chris, uh, would you like to jump in? Uh, what is what is your fear? Hmm. And would I ever would I ever suffer from it? Probably not. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I took when 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 you presented me with the three different fears that I could choose from for this uh, recording, I jumped on this one because it's something that is tangentially related to something I am jealous of. Not necessarily the fear, but uh, uh, pog pogo pogonophobia or pognophobia, whatever you want, is the fear of beards. Uh, I have a tough time growing facial hair. I you, you can see right now in, in our video chat my wonderful Movember mustache that I am growing mm. for charity reasons. But I, it takes me a long time to grow any type of facial hair. Uh, this was the year that I actually attempted to grow a beard uh, before the 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 unpleasantness of this year started to come upon us in December of 2019. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to grow a beard. Uh, it's it's it, i don't have any public appearances right now i can just kind of veg out and and lo and behold it just became my quarantine beard and i was like <laughs> well now i'm just not shaving uh but uh the fear of beards is a very real fear and is one that i don't 
personally subscribe to because I think beards are wonderful and I love them so much. I, so Jeff, you're you're a okay in my book. <laughs> Daniel Jai, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dan, Dan, I think you and I are in the same camp of like <laughs> just it doesn't really work for us. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I am afraid of what I look like without a beard. I'm afraid of no beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's one thing that I'm afraid of. I guess uh, a body body part that I am afraid of. My double chin, which I can mm. see in full force when I do not have a beard. <laughs> that's true. The beards are great at covering up stuff. It's true. Sure. It's yeah. true. That's actually uh, uh, why Jim Henson grew his uh, uh, now iconic beard is because he had very bad acne scars when he was oh, growing really? up. So he once he was able to grow a beard, he's like, I'm never going to shave. Much like fear of hands, I think this is a bit more common, mm. but there there wasn't too much to be able to find online in terms of like causes. There was a lot of um, uh, hearsay and a lot of cases of people not enjoying people's beards, which is, I think, more of a personal <laughs> preference more than anything. Uh, I wonder if it was, you know, maybe if, you know, again, like, um, uh, I think a lot of fears, you know, especially my, uh, you know, including my fear of spiders uh editor's note see episode 18 of great Fear. episode wonderful yeah, guest yeah. i really hope that was episode 18 if not it's sure. really going to continue <laughs> um, but you know like i i can see like you know if people have had trauma from incurred by interactions with someone with a beard with I, a beard you know uh like what if you were uh uh like, what if you were beat up in school by a high school boy? By Hagrid. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn it, Hagrid. And I mean... You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> now, uh, uh, I, I wonder if, you know... Because uh, facial hair, I think... Like, what purpose does facial hair serve? Other than, you know, like, like uh, our look. Does facial hair right. serve a purpose? Besides uh, keeps- making you look really sexy. Keeps your keeps your lower chin warm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's why I feel that in Canada, beards are a bit more uh, socially acceptable than down south. Uh, one one tidbit I saw was how few American presidents, after a certain point, or American candidates for president, uh, would not sport a beard or does not sport a beard. Uh, like it seems like after Lincoln got shot, everyone was like, "We yeah, my beards was a good run." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, to go back to what you said, Dan, I, I think the number one case of fear of beards is a negative or traumatic experience with somebody who has a beard. That seems to be the most logical place of where a, a fear of beards come from. The other one that I see that where that makes sense is that a lot of people tie their fear of beards to a, a, a more so um, fear of, of germs or fear of unhygienic people. Mm, yes. uh, uh, the, mm. the, the ruggedness and the unkemptness of a beard can sometimes signify that somebody is unhygienic, which also is tied into a fear of homeless people mm. and, and people who don't have access to, you know, shaving products and, and stuff like that. So, so it's kind of, kind of tied into a lot of different fears and beers just happen to be just a, a symptom of a much bigger fear. Right now, uh, uh, while, while we're here, actually um, now, of course, depending on, when our listeners are listening to this, uh, you know, Chris, can you uh, share for us a little bit? Uh, what is for those who may not know? What is Movember, and uh, what is oh. how are you participating in this? 
uh, Movember is an annual kind of tradition to raise awareness and funds for men's health issues, in particular testicular cancer, uh, prostate cancer. And in more recent years, which is I'm really uh, happy about uh, them supporting, is mental health and suicide prevention, which right. is... Uh, uh, the number one uh, killer of men under, I believe, 45 wow. is, yeah. yes. And, and also a prostate cancer and testicular cancer also. Cancers that don't particularly get a lot of funding and a lot of uh, uh, research funding. Mm. So it's it's something I've participated in before. Uh, the easiest way to participate is just to grow a mustache in the in the year of November and the month of November. It's a it's a pretty easy. I've seen a lot of people do that and not raise funds. And I'm like, that's a waste of growing a mustache. Right. <laughs> so it's but November has since branched out to be like there's lots of ways to raise funds, especially if you're an individual who cannot grow a mustache. Right. So they, they've uh, really taken on the uh, idea of you can do anything for November or Movember, you can uh, do a run. Uh, uh, you can you can raise funds by doing a charity live stream of sorts. You can host an event. Well, maybe not an in-person event right now, but essentially anything you can do to, to raise money for these issues. So I have uh, uh, done this this year at the uh, chagrin of my partner, who definitely hates uh, the mustache, <laughs> attributes it to Tom Selleck, who is a celebrity she does not enjoy. Um but uh, uh, because she is uh, also supporting of raising money for this stuff, she grins and bears it. Uh. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, if you guys do want to contribute to my campaign and you are listening to this in the month of November 2020, you can go to the website movember.com slash M slash Moo Manchu. That is M-O-O-M-A-N-C-H-U. And I'll go to my Movember donation page where you can donate a couple bucks. My goal right now is 500 bucks, a little lofty goal, but I'm at 140 right now. Nice. So, yes, That's we'll great. see how that goes. I always miss out on Movember because uh, I always just have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to grow. <laughs> um, now, uh, uh, now, Chris, I, I hope that this isn't also going to step on... Uh, on your celebrity, but uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, is the phrase "fear the beard." Have, uh, have oh, fear the beard. I I think I stumbled across that a little bit. Isn't that like a ch- like a sports chant? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, fear the beard, um, which uh, you know, which is a little easier to say than uh, pognophobia. Uh, actually that's very easy to say yeah (laughs) why isn't that a chant Uh, it was um uh so fear the beard it's been used for a number of different celebrities over the years i know uh james harden uh people Mm -hmm. were saying that uh when the houston rockets were going on their uh, playoff runs a couple years ago uh but this i believe fear the beard is tied in with brian wilson brian wilson Turns huh. out, turns out, not not just uh, part of the Beach Boys. Um, Wait, hold hold on. Are you are you making a joke? Is there another Brian Wilson I don't know, or is are you talking about Beach Boys Brian Wilson? Because I'm I'm not knowledgeable in sports, Dan. So if you expected any sort of reaction to that, you're not going to get it from me. I'm sorry. Is was that a joke? I don't know. Please tell me. So Brian Patrick Wilson is a former American professional baseball relief player. Oh, uh, oh baseball. Played for San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers. And uh, in 2010, uh, in 2010, 
uh, during the San, uh, the San Francisco Giants playoff run. Uh, you know, he became he became very popular, became uh, kind of memed as well. Uh, you know, uh, during their playoff run, Giants fans began growing their own beards or wearing fake beards. So, fans, solidarity beards. Absolutely. Oh. Fans were, che- were chanting, fear the beard. You know, yeah. Uh, so it, when it, I when I thought Brian Wilson, I I thought um, the Bare Naked Ladies song, which, which is I believe is the Beach Boys as well. The Beach Boys guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that very much is uh, is you know taking the beard back, taking taking the fear of the beard back. That's right. Uh, I, I feel yeah. like any like a beard is especially like a big beard is a very noticeable characteristic. So uh, anything to just kind of like reinforce that uh, branding that you have of a beard, I think is a very positive. Well, I've been trying to figure out a, a good neck tattoo and I think fear the beard is perfect. Just right across the neck. <laughs> and if you regret it, you can just grow out that neck beard That's and true, it'll cover yeah. it right up. There you go. No one fears it anymore. Well, I mean, I think more people fear a neck beard more than yeah, a real that's beard. That's true. That's very true. Um, so, so to get back to uh, more reasons that people could be afraid of beards, and this is one that I could see being more prevalent. It it it's more so tied to beardism than a beard a beard phobia, uh, and that's more so a prejudice against certain types of religious groups that uh, uh, grow out beards or or have uh, rules against shaving, like Sikhism. Uh, and this type of prejudice was definitely on the rise post 9-11. I remember there was a certain uh, period where everyone was very prejudiced against anybody who was of a color uh, mm. uh, that was not white and had any sort of beard. Mm. Uh, they were definitely um, uh, a lot of prejudice in, in that. A lot of prejudice that has not gone away, in fact. Uh, and, and I can see that being more so less. I mean what is a, a, a phobia, but a fear of somebody or something that you don't quite understand. So yeah, I could see again, the beard phobia tying into this more bigger racial uh, uh, fear. Yeah. And also the fear of uh, gangs that, yeah. uh, <clears throat> that the hell's angels or bikers um, large, like big biker men with beards. I could totally see that as well. I often get mistaken for a really? biker of some sort. Yeah, just because of all your the beard tattoos. Is, your beard is really nicely trimmed and is, does not reek. Uh, no, does not reek. Does not uh, ring. Uh, uh, it doesn't uh, reek either. It doesn't reek. I hope it doesn't reek. It does not. It does not resemble a Hell's Angels type beard. But well, that... when you're when you're talking before about the um, uh, that it's unkempt and and that uh, the people are lazy or or just allow it to grow out and and dirty. I was going to say it's the exact opposite. I have so much beard product, <laughs> oils, yeah. and everything to you, keep it. You maintain good. that beard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. at bay. <laughs> uh, so that what I do notice is, uh, uh, you know, speaking of that, uh, you know, longtime listeners of Fair Sounds will know that I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. There's uh, what I notice is that in pro wrestling, if you are, um, if you are a face or a baby face character, a good guy, you will usually have an unshaved face. Usually. That's right. Yeah. But but for example, uh, if you are uh, one that immediately comes to mind is there was a pro wrestler called Neville uh, in at the WWE. He he uh, left the WWE and then went back to. He now performs with uh, All Elite Wrestling. His name is pack 
uh, pack or the bastard pack. And uh, he now has like a really sweet, like sharp beard, but uh, you know, but it, it and it it adds to his look of uh, being just like a badass who will uh, who will not care what you think and just. Like, I love that break breaking down barriers. Yeah, yeah. barriers. <laughs> uh, and and on that front, there are some some people who would back such actions, notably the Beard Liberation Front or the BLF. <laughs> what? which is a British interest group which campaigns for beards and against beard discrimination. Mm. Yeah. I want to join that group. I'm I feel group. I feel like maybe uh, from what I've gathered more so in uh, British politics and BBC uh, in particular are against newscasters with beards or politicians mm. with beards or 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 yeah, they uh so this this group uh kind of came about semi satirically and more so just like, yes, beards are great. But now has, again, with the with the ongoing discrimination against uh, religious groups who wear beards, I think they've taken on a bit more of a serious uh, uh, tone and a serious issue, kind of being like, no, beards are great, and people should be allowed to wear beards, not mm-hmm. just for religious reasons, but for personal reasons, for personal uh, style choices. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they realize that it's a bit less of a, a pressing issue than full-on racial discrimination. Yeah. Uh, but they, they still do a lot. They're still active. They're, they're very uh, uh, active in Britain. They hold an annual beard competition. So a lot of beard, uh, pro beard, um, uh, uh, movement being done there. One of my favorite politicians has an epic beard. Uh, yeah. Abraham Lincoln. I have bad news about him, dude. <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> He's still okay. Right. Ooh, Ooh. He went, well, he, he went to the theater and, oh. uh, anyway, uh, uh, I don't keep up on politics. Uh, clearly. no, Jake Mead Singh. Jagmeet Singh has an amazing beard. He does, and that—that that is for religious reasons, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, I'd imagine, yes. but he, he is Sikh. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I believe so. And 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 our current prime minister uh, has grown a beard during his tenure, which is an interesting uh, uh, choice as well. And again, I feel like that would get more pushback in the states. I feel like was there any pushback to Justin Trudeau growing a beard at all? Was there any people being like, "What is he doing? He clearly doesn't care anymore. He's no, growing a beard." I I think it I think it was more along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, I'm a I think there were probably more articles being like, "Look at just look at sexy Justin Trudeau's sexy new look. <laughs> look at Daddy Trudeau's beard." <laughs> he probably yeah, yeah. grew it because. Um, but to make himself look older, because that's a large amount of the reason that I have a beard. It does look more distinguished, I think, yeah. When I don't have a beard, I look like a small child. And mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like it. I, I shaved my beard for a costume when I did Galactus uh, for cosplay. Because Galactus notably ago. does not have a beard. He does not have a beard. The world <laughs> devourer does not have a beard. <laughs> Although he should. He should! I would love a bearded Galactus. <laughs> Just get crumbs of planet in his beard. <laughs> oh, I'm saving it for later. <laughs> Where'd Mars come from? Uh... <laughs> I, I feel I feel like I've talked about beards so long, and Dan, we need to move to you, but I can't before we talk about some notable beard haters. Yes. Uh, oh. I only was able to really find two in history uh, that were notable for, for dislike of beards. One being Margaret Thatcher. Really? She, she had some uh, comments about uh, not working with ministers who grow beards. Wow. Um, I don't know if that was uh, in jest or not, 
but I wasn't able to find too much follow-up there, but I guess Margaret Thatcher is on the anti-beard train. The one that I want to talk about most is Walt Disney. What? <gasps> what? Well, I mean, this might be the least controversial thing that Walt Disney didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> True. I, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but Walt, for the longest time, it, both in his uh, studio and in his parks, had a complete beard and facial hair ban. Like visitors know. as well, or just work? No, no, employees. Employees. Okay. You yeah. have a beard, you can't come in Disney World. <laughs> a little bit hypocritical because Walt Disney famously does have a mustache. Hmm, that's true. Yeah, only Uncle Walt was allowed to have that mustache. Wow. But yeah, that's it, privilege. It, I feel like it definitely, especially. I feel like the the studios. I don't know if that was uh, lightened up, but a lot of the stuff that I found was more so for Disney uh, Land, the park particular and i think a lot of that was his whole he wanted to at the time theme parks was very known for like coney island and little right. unseedy uh, sketchy theme parks and he wanted to really clean up the image of a theme park uh both in terms of keeping it sanitary uh but also keeping it very squeaky clean it was in the, the 50s the really like you know yeah polished up look so everybody had to be clean shaven uh didn't they wanted to avoid the carny look at all right and it wasn't until I believe 2000, uh, the year 2000, you could grow a mustache for if you worked in Disney or Disney. Wow, all the way that up. That wasn't that long ago either. Yes. And then 2012, you could grow a beard or a goatee, but man, did they have some. This is, of course, much after Walt Disney died. They just kept this policy we got to keep uh, walt alive somehow in walt's memory we will honor his his beard phobia uh so in 2012 these very strict guidelines include facial hair must be neatly trimmed and may not uh present an unkempt appearance extreme styles are prohibited uh facial hair beards goatees mustache must create an overall neat polished and professional look um, you were not allowed to have a beard longer than one quarter of an inch. Wow. That's a short beard. It's a short, short beard. Uh, you couldn't have a half grown in beard when you were working there. So like, uh, you had to have full beard or no beard or full quarter inch beard. You got to grow that, that half inch beard overnight. Exactly. <laughs> or, or have it already before when you, when you were hired. Uh, if you had Dan, you and I would not be able to work at Disney with a beard because if you had patches or incomplete facial hair, you were asked to shave it all off. Uh, uh, wow. So that was not, yes. Yeah, so it, it, they were particularly very, very strict with, uh, and there's even more. There's a, honestly, I'm just reading some of the guidelines and, right. and rules here. Interesting. Uh, a well-groomed beard has a defined cheek line and neckline. <laughs> I, the, wow. the mustache had to be connected to the goatee. Um, there's all these. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very particular. Does it say no, no neck beards. On, yes, on it does particularly say no neck beards. Uh, yeah, yeah that's not surprising. Uh... Soul patch? No, definitely no soul patches. <laughs> so there, there's actually uh, pictures of do's and do not do's with beards, and soul uh, patches are a do not do. Well, that's because all evil people just have a soul patch. It's like true. Every those those beatniks. Yeah. <laughs> they they've they've even even lessened these in more recent years. They've said, "Oh, you can go a full inch." Wow. <laughs> yeah. So there goes my dream of working at Disney World. But what if you were working there and you were wearing a, like a Mickey Mouse suit? No one could tell you have a beard. Why does that matter? I listen. 
you want to tell you want to tell Disney what to do? You you, you want to go into the House of Mouse yeah. and say, look, th- my beard's covered up. I, I I should be able to grow it out. Mr. Disney will not allow it. Well, you know what? Disney's probably heard this. I apologize. Do not sue me. Disney actually owns your podcast. They don't know if you know this. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You, they you were bought out during this. <laughs> I just saw it on Vulture. Money, please. <laughs> yeah. We said we said the word Disney too many times. They own us now. <laughs> right. I looked in the mirror and I said Mickey Mouse three times. <laughs> Well, uh, now, uh, you know, speaking of iconic characters, uh, uh, I'm wondering, you know, do do uh, Disney characters, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Minnie, Goofy, do these, I wonder if these characters suffer from omphalophobia. Omphalophobia, omphalophobia is the fear of belly buttons, the fear of belly buttons. Uh... Of course, from uh, as we all know, the Greek word "amphalo," which means navel, and "phobos," which means, of course, fear. Uh, oh, I forgot. Mine is also Greek for beard. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so what I learned in my research on omphalophobia is that apparently suffer- sufferers would not want to touch their belly buttons, but apparently sufferers of omphalophobia would not even really want to touch their own belly. I guess oh, really? anywhere close to the belly button. Apparently, yeah. The whole belly zone. Um, wow. so, They're like a cat. They don't want to be touched there. Mm-hmm. I know I've had issues with my belly before, uh, but I, I've had no fear of touching it. That's for sure. Uh, so apparently sufferers who, who uh, whenever someone with omphalophobia accidentally touches their own belly button or even watching someone else touch their own belly button, uh, symptoms you know can include... Uh, trembling, shaking. They want to leave the room. Uh, rapid heartbeat. Um, so, so like any phobia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, but it's interesting that. Uh, well, I, I wonder because, like, I'm okay seeing someone else hold a spider. Yeah, it's a sliding scale of of extremes. Yeah. 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 And I think you know, I, I think you're right. On phallophobia, like other phobias, there are sliding scales on how much it affects you. For sure. Yeah, yeah. The uh, '90s it must have been difficult for anyone with it because crop tops. Oh been no! Really yeah. And navel and and belly button rings. Belly button rings, yeah. Very popular. Decorating what they're afraid of, especially yeah. if someone's like, "Hey, you want to see this?" And before you know it, they lift up their shirt, and you're like, trembling yeah, all and over. I can kind of see. So I, I couldn't really see the phobia of hands because hands, they do everything. And thank God for our opposable thumbs. We got so much accomplished because of those. <laughs> Beards, I, I don't see because I want a beard. I really do. I want a be- big, beautiful beard. Uh, belly buttons, I can kind of see. They are weird, aren't they? They're, they're like a weird little divot right there. And that was our umbilical cord at one point. It's, or, it's, or a sticky out part. Or a sticky out part. They go, yeah, they can be any or outy. They're a little bit, they're a little bit of a, and clones don't have them, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Right, as we all learn from the the scientific historical document, uh, the the, uh, Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer gets cloned. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Good Uh, callback. Now, let me know if this is too personal of a question, and and feel free to ignore it. Thank you for bracing us. Are all of us innies or outies? Is it weird that I have to look? <laughs> you don't remember? I haven't checked in a little while. Maybe it's changed. It doesn't change. It's pretty consistent. 
don't know, after a pretty big meal, you never know. <laughs> you, you do say that, Jeff, but in a moment, I'm going to explain uh, someone's fear about uh, about the changing. Oh. The changing. Uh, I, am, I am an innie. I'm an innie. I'm I also an innie. Innies are more common, right? Yeah. I don't actually yeah. know anyone who is an Audi. I can't think of anybody. Uh, you know what? That's a great point, Jeff. Uh, Fear of Science listeners, uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, please take a photo of your belly button. <laughs> tag us on Instagram and Twitter, at SciencePheres. We are going to retweet the best ones. <laughs> and in fact, this is the inaugural meeting of the Audi Liberation Front. Uh, Ulf? The, the Ulf. <laughs> Ulf. Uh, now, uh, now, with, uh, you know, speaking of the innies and the outies, so I did discover um, that there was, uh, and I'm sure that there are more out there, uh, but in, in our... More outie we're, there. Uh, in <laughs> I'm our, sorry, I couldn't, sorry, <laughs> go on. In our recurring, uh, in one of our only recurring Fear of Science segments that has seen some success, uh, uh, Celebrity Phobia Watch. Uh, oh ooh. yeah! Woo woo! Sound the alarm! It's the phobia watch. Chloe, uh, Chloe <laughs> Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian is afraid of belly buttons. Now, really? which Kardashian is that? Um, she's the, the annoying one. Which Kardashian <laughs> is that? Chloe uh, Kardashian, uh, while uh, talking with Ellen DeGeneres, shared that she had a fear of belly buttons. Uh, apparently, Chloe Kardashian it has fears of belly buttons and whales, but we'll talk about that on a future episode. <laughs> fear of whales. Oh episode. no, is she afraid of belly buttons on whales? Oh no, oh. I, I fear of blowholes, I guess. Oh no. <laughs> uh, apparently, she said, uh, uh, Chloe said that uh, she didn't want anyone to touch her belly button and didn't want anyone else to touch her belly button, and she didn't want to touch anyone else's belly buttons. And apparently, Apparently, Chloe, uh, while bathing, would regularly wear mitts and freaks out what? every t- uh, and quote unquote while bathing. I regularly wear mitts and I freak out every time I wash mine. Weird. Wow! Now that's, with the that's amount- a pretty extreme case. That's yeah. interesting. With the uh, amount of plastic surgery that the Kardashians would have, why doesn't she just get it surgically removed? Uh, so. Jeff, we are going to talk about that in a... In a well, why doesn't she just have a big bandage over her belly button a la King Hippo from Punch-Out? <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, and also, you know, uh, to to wrap up the, today's Celebrity Phobia Watch, uh, in, on Snapchat in 2018, uh, Chloe uh, continued to uh, talk about her phobia. She said, quote... I have such a phobia with belly buttons, and I know when you're really pregnant, your innie becomes an mm. outie. Oh, oh yeah. my god, I can't even think about that. I'm so grossed out by that. Wow. I'm so freaked out that that's going to happen to me. I'm assuming everyone's belly button does that. I don't know. I wonder if mine has to. Does it have to become an outie? Dan, you just made me check, check my male privilege. I did not even consider that when you're pregnant. Yeah. That yeah, that that would be that would be an interesting. I mean, amongst many changes that your body goes through when pregnant, but yeah. the belly button—that's something that I can't even imagine. That's 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 an interesting thing. Yeah. Now, um, wow. for uh, uh, now, speaking of uh, getting the uh, belly button surgically removed, Jeff, did you know that this was a real thing you could do? No, I really didn't at all. I mean, I never I even thought we, about it. 
the the, the magicians over at the plastic surgery uh, firm, the plastic surgery hut, can do about anything. It feels so, like it'd be pretty easy to do, right? <laughs> just just get some skin, just slop it right over. There you go. That's how plastic surgery works, right? They have a big bucket that says skin, and you paint it over like paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um. So, uh, uh, um, the the procedure is called a navel null. A navel navel null. Um, that makes sense. And apparently, what it is, it it it, a surgeon will go in and remove your 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 belly button and I guess the little bit of the indent into your, and then what you're left with is, is a scar, but you know, it's, it's, so it is a cosmetic surgery, but it does look, it's fascinating. Um, there, there are some images, uh, an image did go viral on Reddit, uh, a number of years ago of someone, uh, sharing a belly button that had been voluntarily removed for purposes of body novice. Uh, body modification and uh in this particular case it was performed by body modification expert john smith who runs a traveling business called luna cobra and so yeah it it is a so if you do have a fear of of uh belly buttons you can get it removed that sounds like something out of like saw 22 or something like that where saw 22, up, we're out of ideas <laughs> we're out of ideas the person wakes up in a in a bath of uh ice it's like oh my god my belly button's been removed and then they're like oh this could be worse oh oh well <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> now uh the, the one last thing i uh, that i want to share about uh fear of belly buttons and the belly buttons getting removed uh there was a, an instance in 2018 um, as reported uh, on Fox News, of course, uh, it was uh, uh, there was a woman in Guadalajara, Mexico, who who fe- who uh, uh, fell out with her family because they disapproved of her of her tattoos and her extreme body modification. She had a back corset, which are which can be very lovely. Um, she had a split tongue, and uh, at the time, you know, her family was were very. Uh, like you know, they weren't very supportive of all her body modifications and that kind of stuff. So uh, what she did, what she did, quote, out of spite, was she decided to remove the part of her body that makes us human. She had her belly button removed and then gave it to her boyfriend. At the time, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. How do you, there's, there's how a do whole you give it to someone? <laughs> I was with you until giving it. I was like, okay, yeah, no, this makes sense. Doing it out of spite, okay. The what makes us human, I would, I would more so suggest our opposable thumb. Oh no, wait, we have monkeys that have opposable thumb. Our, our, our head, our brain. Our oh brain. no, but, but uh, I can see that you know the umbilical cord that gives us life, connected to our mothers, and, and yada yada. I can see that. Then giving it. That is another step entirely that I did not see coming. Now, for me, uh, so apparently this, uh, though it was reported in 2018, um, she apparently gave it to her then-boyfriend in 2015, which means that they're no longer together. Like, I wonder if it was because he got a belly button for a gift. (laughs) Hey, babe, uh, we need to talk. I don't Uh, think we're at belly button stage yet. Yeah, you're you're going, you're going, you're going (laughs) at a speed that I am not ready to commit to. Um, Let's see. Uh, Now, with that said, you know, I'm I'm curious, uh, and perhaps this will be the wrap-up on my portion. Uh, 
gentlemen, if you if you had, you know, we're we're all very lucky. We're we're all very lucky that we have wonderful partners, wonderful supportive people in our lives. You know, Valentine's she's, Day. Is she's around. in the room, isn't she, Dan? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner. We are recording this, you know, as Christmas is just around the corner. If you were to receive a, a belly button from your partner, <laughs> like, do you keep it? And where would you keep it? Where would you keep the, the belly Follow-up question. Is it the partner's belly button? No, no, that, <laughs> makes a, that makes a big difference, Stan. Okay, that makes exactly. a huge difference. Uh, yeah, don't worry, that, it's not mine. Yeah. That... <laughs> As we are heading towards the end of today's Strange Fears episode, uh, here on Fear of Science, uh, guys, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, I've learned a whole lot about my body and what I should or shouldn't be afraid of. We went to, we went to places that I did not see coming. I've learned a bit too much, actually. Now, with that, uh, my final question is: you know, uh, if if you were, if someone was to uh, approach you and offer you a million dollars, a million dollars, but you would have to be afflicted with one of these three uh, phobias, one of these three fears, which fear would you accept into your life to have for the rest of your life? In exchange for a million dollars, what would it be? I mean, I'm I I I kind of if we could do the single-handed one that the bowler guy made fun of, <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. And I could I could be that cool bowling man, but I think that's maybe fudging the the rules you set up here a bit much. Mm. Uh because that was a made-up fear that he yeah. used in a satirical video. <laughs> um i guess i would go for the belly button one i don't use my my belly button is not a practical thing i don't use it to like open beer bottles or anything like that so i think if if i if i went through the rest of my life just avoiding my belly button i think i would be fine uh uh, and avoiding other people's belly buttons i do that anyway (laughs) not because i'm afraid but because that's not something i generally like oh hi nice to meet you let me just grab on in there oh how's that guy doing um (laughs) So I think, I think my life would be relatively unchanged if I had a fear of belly buttons. Yeah, I agree with Chris. I would be the same. Um, I think that like hands would be pretty hard to avoid. You got to see your hands. You got to see other. Very, very hard. Um, And also I have so many questions about fear of hands, like how that would actually work and what level of it. Um, fear of beards, obviously, for myself, I would not want at all. Um, I don't want to be afraid of myself. Such a beard enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but belly button, um, yeah, you'd really only have to avoid crop top season, uh, which wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> and all of the Spice Girls. And all the Spice Girls, yeah. And now we know that uh, we can do belly button surgery. We have the technology. We can fix the belly button. I could get rid of my belly button if it's really an yes. issue. Yes, <laughs> uh, I I love it. Uh, uh, very similar to to you two as well. You know, uh, uh, everyone has hands. I I enjoy holding hands with my wonderful dear partner, who's oddly enough not in the room, but I still like saying. <laughs> um, fear. You can do. You can compliment your partner when they're not in the room. What? <laughs> um, you know. Uh, I should try that. Yeah. Uh, beards. You know. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of great friends have beards. Uh, you know, it'd be hard to watch like movies or pro wrestling if I was afraid of beards. Well, you'd yeah. be afraid of Macho Man Randy Savage, and yeah. nobody Ooh. wants to be afraid. Captain um, America has a beard now. 
And yes. so I, I think that I would also have to go with uh, with belly buttons because, you know, again, ultimately, you know, though I'm very grateful that I don't have it, you know, if if uh, if I did suddenly become afflicted with it, you know, there is the navel null surgery that I can do on myself and others. Yeah. Oh, no. New he hobby. strikes again. Dan, Dan, I, I want you to look at me. Be honest. How many belly buttons do you have right now? Dan, don't go away. Dan. <laughs> Oh no, he's he's showing a he's opening a he's opening a, a chest. Dan, why is that mahogany chest filled with oh my god? Oh god, why, oh my god. Why is he There's, drinking the water that it's in? He's doing he's doing belly button shots out of all of them. <laughs> one thing I one thing I like about this show is that I get to learn new things about Daniel when we record that. <laughs> yeah, we're we learn a lot about each other. Yeah. Uh I, and uh, and I'm glad that our listeners get a chance to learn about all of us. And about more things, Fear of Science, coming soon. In the meantime, uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to come back. This was really, really fun, guys. I I always have a joy uh, uh, being on the Fear of Science podcast. Now, uh, Chris, for people who want more information about your podcast and uh, uh, the things that you do, where can they learn more about you? I mean, the easiest way is to go to my Twitter, which has links to all my stuff. That's Cartoon Moo on Twitter. Uh, the the podcast that I currently take part in, Geeks vs. Nerds, is complete. We have finished Geeks vs. Nerds this year. All of our recordings of Geeks vs. Nerds are Woo! up. Uh, it's It's been a lovely time. Plus, uh, the, the Vancouver one and the Halifax one, Geeks vs. Nerds, has been up for 10 years wow. of updates. Great. So that is, it's a big uh, uh, joy and relief to put that project to bed. But there's so many great episodes on there. Our, our finale in particular was uh, a once thought lost episode from 2015, I think, wow. of Stormtroopers versus Red Shirts for which is the least effective workforce. Oh, and it was one, one of the funniest, uh, tightest episodes we ever did. And I'm glad we were able to close off the entire podcast with that episode. Nah. Uh, not to spoil too much, but Team Red Shirts slowly died off uh, <laughs> one by one throughout the entire debate. <laughs> it awesome. remained dead throughout the entire debate. Um, uh, boozing and bonding is the other podcast I do with my friend Keegan Flick Parker, where we get drunk and watch James Bond films. Right now, we're not getting drunk in person, so we're doing these episodes called S Branch or Sober Branch, where we talk about James Bond adjacent topics and do a lot of fun games uh, on the side. We've done some trivia games. We've done some. Uh, uh, I I did a game where I said bad uh, Amazon reviews of James Bond movies, and he had to guess what James Bond movie they were reviewing. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, it, that that's a lot of fun. Even if you don't like James Bond, we fill it with a lot of uh, uh, trivia and jokes in there that I think anybody would greatly enjoy. But I've been having a great job, uh, a great great time rediscovering a lot of these problematic things that have happened in James Bond's past right. and being like, wow, this aged poorly. Um, <laughs> it, it, but if you do want to listen to an episode, listen to our Moonraker episode where uh, James Bond goes to space. That is the least crazy thing to happen in that movie, James Bond going to space. That movie is <laughs> batshit wild. It oh is amazing. Uh, and of course, uh, there is no easy mode video game trivia. We're going to start doing that online. So follow that as well. And I don't think there's anything else I really have to plug. My Movember page, donate to Movember. Like I mentioned before, movember.com slash M slash Moo Man Chew. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Uh, and Jeff, for people who want to learn more about uh, Fear of Science, our past episodes, and our belly button removal services, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us at, at Science Fears on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, then you can find us at thefearofscience.com. Awesome. All right, uh, listeners, please stay well. Uh, wash your hands, wash your beards, and most of wash all, wash those beards. Wash <laughs> those belly buttons. Uh, we are Fear of Science, and we will chat with you again soon. Thank you.